Kia ora koutou and welcome back to another episode of Code with Kingy where I'm once again joined by the brother Eden Monu and we recap round 8 of Super Rugby Aotearoa. Kia ora Eden and welcome back onto Code with Kingy where we're recapping round 8 of Super Rugby Aotearoa where both of my predictions didn't go as planned. I know that you weren't going to be surprised if you saw the, both the underdogs get up. Obviously the Highlanders did... I mean, the scoreline was relatively close in the end, but I thought that they played a lot better than what the Blues did. And then that Chiefs came in, like, I don't know what's got into them the past couple of weeks <laughs> in terms of being able to, like, guts out wins after crumbling all of last year in the first two yeah. rounds. So we'll start with the first game, bro. Landers versus the Blues, 35-29 to the home team. What did you make of that bout? Uh, it was so tight, eh? Like, uh, I was saying uh, last week, um, the Blues have got so much threats on the field, but they just couldn't execute. Man, I'm pretty sure uh, Highlanders had way more possession, but with the, what Blues had, like uh, Caleb Clark and Rico Ioane, uh man, it was tight, but I think Highlanders just worked harder, eh? And they just got a little bit more lucky, I think, and some, some plays went their way. So, yeah, it was, uh, man, it was an intense game. I don't know what to make of the Blues at the moment. They started off well with Ruru pinching that try at the line-out, and I think up until the point... Uh, when Hoskins the two-two went to the bin, uh, I thought that proved pivotal because obviously the Highlanders score from the ensuing phase. But then they managed to sort of like wrestle the game back in their favour when Iwani dotted down, and I thought that they, going into half time, you know, would have taken a lot of confidence out of that. But that perfectly executed line-out move on the stroke of half time, or after the hooter had actually gone, I mean, it was it was awesome to watch. But I thought that proved yeah. pivotal because I think you know. As footy players, we understand the momentum that can be taken yeah. you know, when you score on half time and what it does to the psyche in terms of the Highlands being like, fuck you, yeah, know, not only are we up on the scoreboard, but the morale would have been high just after scoring a try like that. And the Blues would have been like, for fuck's sakes, like, <laughs> if we had held them out, how much different would that have been, you know, going into the second half? And then, yeah, I mean, it was, again, a back and forth affair in that, in that second stanza, but. Yeah, just the Blues discipline really ended up costing them in the end. And I guess the worst of it was with Alex Hodgman when he got sent off for that red card. And, you know, from there, Michael Collins scores. But, you know, credit to them, they they stuck in it. And I think had they got the ball back um, in that last minute after they scored, you know, it could have been stolen. But, yeah, the Highlanders, man, Tony Brown and co, they must be pretty happy with that result from the weekend considering, I guess, the shambles the week four. Well, you could have, you should have, um, we were talking about it last week, Aaron Smith, man, that game really showed why he is the best and has been the best for, best ever, I reckon, but we saw Ruru, he uh, dominated him for the first 20 minutes, but um, you could see on his face uh, after he scored that try on Aaron Smith, like, Aaron Smith wasn't phased at all, he knew he was in it for an 80 minute game and he ended up getting one-ups on him at crucial moments. I think it's just his ability to dictate the tempo of the game and you could see with the way that the first half pressed on, uh, there were a couple of stoppages where I think maybe the Blues actually went out and penalised or looked to slow the game down and, and were happy to give away you know, kick, a kickable three points. But Aaron's like, nah, screw this, we're tapping and going, <laughs> which resulted in two tries. And yeah. I think if you look back across all of the games that the Blues have struggled in, it's been the games where they've kept the ball in play. And again, their scrum wasn't as dominant as what it was across the first two weeks of the competition where, you know, it slowly started to diminish. 
And mm. even even the Highlanders' front row stocks, which if you look across the rest of the competition, are probably the worst on paper. I mean, they, they stood up. Like, one guy that I want to highlight is that Aiden Johnson, who's just recently come back. While I know nothing about scrum play and about, you know, the dark arts of all that shit, <laughs> I was really impressed with his ability to get around the park. It was just quite noticeable for me because the big boys, you know, they struggle as it is to keep up with the fitness levels of some of the athletes these days. But, you know, he was getting in and tackling a lot of the backs. I don't yeah. know, that was just like, um, I guess, a, um, an in, a bit of insight from me. But, yeah, Aaron Smith, he, I mean, he's in the class of his own. And, and the fact that you said that, you know, for a lot of guys who perhaps don't have his experience, they could have seen, you know, that mistake early on as something to throw off the rest of the game. But <laughs> he obviously has so much trust in himself and is still willing to throw those sorts of passes near his own goal line that, yeah. you know, we, what we saw on, you know, Friday was just, again, just a master class from him. And especially given the, I guess, the form that Vakatava was in and, and the combination that those two had built and for him to just step right back in there and, again, just put on it this way like he did, which, like you mentioned, was probably like a man-of-the-match performance and got the Highlanders over the line, yeah. He's, yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing. Like The guy's 32 years old and he just seems to get better every single game. <laughs> yeah. It sort of like reminded me back to the Crusaders game. Like Whoever you put in that Highlanders jersey, it... They end up playing outside their skin when push. My only concern is that, uh, man, it's almost like they've already won their final after that game. It would have taken a lot out of them. So, yeah, we'll see how they go in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think that that loss last week to the Chiefs is not, well, obviously they're not out of the race for the final mathematically, but they have to have a few other results their way. So I think that, you know, should they go on and win their... I think, well, they got the bye this week. If they go on and win their final game and miss out on that final by a couple of points, yeah, I think they'll really be kicking themselves. But, I mean, I, I sort of called this early on, not to... I, I just I just thought that the way they played and with the plays that they had coming back, they were always going to click. It was just more so they were going through growing pains with having to go, have guys come in that perhaps weren't their first choice fellas to begin the season. And then even yeah. then, like, I mean, the injury toll that they've had, I mean, like, people are talking about the injury woes that the Crusaders are going through at the moment. I mean, the Hollanders started the season like that. It's only got worse for them. Um, and they don't have the depth that perhaps the Crusaders do. So, yeah, um, a, a pretty astounding result. Like I said, it was something that I wanted to go or wanted to happen, but I just didn't see it happening considering what was on the line for the Blues. But I think one guy that I want to point to, and I'm not sure you know, whether this is indicative of his uh, importance to that um, Auckland camp, is Patrick Tuipolotu. Now, he didn't play in their previous game against the Hurricanes where they really struggled to get a hold of that game with about half an hour to go when it was there for the taking. So I don't know for you again, like I, I don't know a lot about forward play, but for him being a captain and seeing the strides that he's made over the past couple of years, and, he, and I guess he's really been at the forefront of that culture change of that team alongside Tanarumanga and Leon McDonald. I mean, what do you make of that? Do you feel like the, the Blues should have more of a leadership group rather than this standalone captain? Um... Yeah, yeah, I think it is pretty evident the lack of leadership on the field because uh, although they've got some dangerous players, it is quite a, a they're quite spread out over the field and you don't really get that many like combinations like uh, uh, Perifeta uh, or Teddy Black, awesome, awesome players at uh, any given time, but you don't see like the consistency and uh, for me it just seems like big plays um, they usually end up. Uh, not really pulling them off, if you know what I mean. I, I do see, I do see a lack of leadership. All right, team. So this is where the audio cut out between myself and Eden. What had actually happened was that a young fellow had come in a little bit distraught, 
and I'd pause the recording while he helped settle him back down. And I didn't realise until about a minute into his spiel about the Chiefs and the Crusaders that I hadn't pressed the re-record button. And so you'll see that there is a cutout between his answer about a question to do with the Blues and the Highlanders and then the Chiefs and the Crusaders. But I'll let the recording keep running and hopefully you guys get the gist of how the rest of the conversation goes and it hasn't thrown you off too much. But yeah, aroha mai for my mistake. And yeah, thank you very much for listening to this episode to begin with. Game, I reckon, uh, especially if you're a Chiefs fan. Um, uh, I actually turned it on at halftime and then, uh, I was like, man, no way the Chiefs going to come back. But they end up, they end up doing it. Um, yeah, I just thought it was like a just a giant arm wrestle where it just happened to be some key plays. I thought overall the refereeing was actually pretty awesome. Like the standard from my perspective has actually um, gone up. I think um, they've allowed the game to flow and they haven't intervened as much, but they nearly did it that, that last play. I was actually quite concerned that it would have been game over through a, a, a captain's referral. So, no, nah, I thought it was an awesome game. And, yeah, it just happened that the Chiefs end up scoring the last points pretty much. That Yeah, it was a good game. Well, you called it again. Well, you messaged me straight away, actually, with Damian McKenzie stepping in and clutching it for the third game. <laughs> In a row, and he seems to be the form player of the competition, maybe outside of the likes of Cody Taylor, who was sent to the bench by Razor this week to give himself a bit of a rest. But yeah, the Crusaders, you know, they were on the wrong side of the position and territory debts, and that seems to be a continuing factor in their poor run of games or poor displays over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and they were forced to make uh, 99 more tackles than the Chiefs, which is something that you wouldn't <laughs> typically see, you know, again, from a Red and Blacks outfit. But, yeah, I'm not sure really what to make of their form at the moment. It seemed, I'm not, I don't want to say that teams have figured them out, but even the penalty that was given away, uh, the one that let McKenzie kick the Chiefs into the lead, again, it just, discipline seems to be an issue, you know, for a team that is typically on the right side of the penalty count and, that's what yeah. we're seeing. Um, I think it seems like a, a, a battle of pretty much possession and territory and territory being the most important because from what I've seen, any team that spends more than five minutes in the in the opposition half, um, they're going to end up scoring or, or getting a penalty. And uh, yeah, it just looked like whatever team had the ball in their own half or even close to the halfway, they'll end up kicking it down and forcing an error, which is, I think, credit to the level of defence all around in the whole competition. Yeah, I, I mean, McKenzie at the moment just seems to have the ball on the string. And, mm. and again, like his, his goal kicking proved vital, but even like his kick out of hand. I wasn't so sure of him as the third choice, you know, all black first five, considering the way that he plays and the way that he likes to chance his arm from time to time from anywhere mm. on the field. But his natural skill set seemed, well, you know, his rugby IQ and his decision making seems to have caught up with his the skill set, you know, this natural <laughs> yeah. flair that he has. Yeah. And it seems to be balancing itself out, you know, off the back of the work that his forwards are doing from up front. And, you know, should they beat the Hurricanes like everyone's probably predicting they're going to, you know, considering the the slump that the Hurricanes are in, they could be, you know, the team to beat mm. come a couple of weeks time. Well, uh, Far, what did you think of like Damien McKenzie at ten? We know that um, there are All Black uh, selections coming up after in a few, probably a few weeks. Man, I think between him and Moanga, obviously Moanga is the first choice. But when you look at how uh, how much competition there is with jerseys now, uh, with you know Jordy Barrett, Will Jordan, 
McKenzie or fullbacks, and there's probably a few other players that can fit that role as well. Like, I thought, for me, I know they probably wouldn't play McKenzie at 10, but I think McKenzie versus Moanga that game, I thought McKenzie actually outplayed him and might end up being a better suit for the All Blacks. Ooh, really? Just considering how, the amount of competition, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, because you've got to have McKenzie on the field, you know? Yeah, well, the way that he's playing, he, he's really sort of stuck his hand up as to to take that 15 jersey. You know, for me, I, I sort of looked at it as Jordy Barrett's to lose with his yep. brother being gone. But when a team's not playing well, you know, and albeit, you know, I don't think Jordy Barrett has played poorly, but McKenzie's playing out of his skin at the moment. And like you said, you have to reward that sort of play. Now, I wouldn't go as far as to say that I'd like to see McKenzie there or that he's a better fit for the All Blacks than Mwanga. I think, especially like in that 10 position, you just need to have a guy play there and have time in the saddle. I don't think you can really muck around in a position like that. You can't just, you know, chop and change out wingers. I feel like a lot of the All Blacks game plan, as much as it is dictated around uh, Aaron Smith, I think they really need to focus in on the role of their 10 and whether or not it's going to have a bigger influence going forward because I think, as we've seen, even though I'm a big fan of that 10-15, you know, dual playmaker role, it yeah. hasn't quite worked with Moanga at the next level. So mm, I think yeah. I think, the, I think the last thing, you know, albeit McKenzie is in a hot runner form and, you know, who knows, he, he could be an all-black 10 in the future. I think sort of building towards the next World Cup, I think I'd rather see uh, Moanga play there unless McKenzie continues to play out of his skin. So... Yeah, 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 but yeah, I think that's pretty much a wrap on both of the games, bro. But before I let you go, I've got a little segment called Run or Pass, which is where I take five talking points uh, from the week that's just gone, and you just tell me whether you're running with them or passing on them. Okay, sweet. All right, we'll go to number one. Does anyone in the world, in relation to the game of rugby, do their job better than Aaron Smith? Uh, pass. For me, he's the player of the decade, but. That's only because I know something about rugby. Nah. Yeah. He's the best. Mate, I can't, <laughs> I can't disagree with that. All right, uh, number two, and I, I did sort of mention it earlier, uh, is Patrick Tuipolotu's absence a fair point for the Blues' struggles? Um, pass. That's one person, you know. Especially this day, you've got so many players. Uh, so, yeah, sorry, pass. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Damian McKenzie deserves the first shot at the All Blacks 15 jersey? Um, yeah, somewhere. So run, yeah. yeah. 15? Uh, for me, it's 10. So I'll probably say pass, but on the field. So 10 or 15. Fair so enough. I don't know what that is. Yeah, in between. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's in between a run and a pass? Is that like a, uh, okay. a dummy? I don't know. Yeah, dummy. <laughs> dummy then pass. <laughs> <laughs> the double pump. All right. Um, <laughs> win number four. Although they lost, will Ray's decision to rest key players, i.e. Cullen Grace, Sam Whitelock, and having the likes of Cody Taylor on the bench, prove positive, considering you know the attrition rate that they've seen in their own injury woes, come finals time? Run, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Eh? I don't think you can ever give your best players too much time off. All right. Mate, last one to wrap it all up, and you again, you made a point to it with that second game on Saturday night. Is the captain's challenge the worst law implementation that we've ever seen? Oh, man, it's the same thing, double pump, because 
uh, if it decides a match, uh, yeah, definitely it's not a good thing. But, man, I, I'll have to pass on that. I'll have to say it's, overall it's a good thing. Overall. Rules are rules. You know, if you break the rules, you break the rules. I don't know. I feel like it's taken a lot of the power away from the referees because, like you see in that last five minutes, the or any team, you know, or the team that has their challenges left can challenge anything. And what mm. would have been interesting for me, so you know how Scott Barrett obviously challenged the fact that uh, I think it was Naitor Akoi went past yeah. the ball and then got up and got it on the jackal. If mm. that call gets reversed, is that a penalty to the Crusaders? Yeah, and then game over. Yeah, because they would have slotted. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, see, like, I'm not and... a fan of that. And I, and I feel like, you know, nitpicking every single little thing, you know, they from what was said to begin the season, they thought that implementing the coach's challenge would be a positive. But I just feel like, you know, we have enough eyes on the game as it is with the touchies and with the referees that I feel like, you know, if you're having players come in and question, you know, something every 10 minutes, slowing the game down. Um, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily see it as a good thing. And I, and I feel like, you know, even if it doesn't get cited in the game, it's always going to get brought into question following it. So, yeah. well, yeah, you saw that um, Aaron Smith. Uh, you see him get uh, fucking. I'm oh, sorry. You see him get <laughs> uh, get him get hooked. Uh, I don't know who it was from. It was when uh, Crusaders scored a try, and uh, uh, Aaron Smith done a captain's referral. Uh, I reckon it was definitely intentional. Do you remember that try when he um, sort of snaked over the um, uh, the pick and go for the yeah. try? Crusaders. Yeah, try? it was like a clean out, and the guy sort of clocked him. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was definitely intentional. Like he had a quick look at him first, and then he looked down and then swung the arm. Uh, and that could have been a deciding factor against the Crusaders. So it works both ways. Yeah. I don't know, mate. I think I'd rather leave it to the referees. I feel like, you mm. know, they're only human. I, I'm, I'm accepting of when they make mistakes, as long as they're not glaringly obvious. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, who knows? We're probably going to see different interpretations brought in as the years go by when guys just get bored of the game and have to have something to rant about bro but um as for ranting we'll wrap this all up here my man um i really appreciate you having Sweet. taken some time out this past week to assist me with the show and yeah hopefully i see you sometime down by the rugby club and can have another chat <laughs> Sweet, over bro. the over the weeks to come all good